Kia ora and welcome to the New Zealand Property Market Podcast brought to you by CoreLogic, produced by Agents TV for the 30th of March 2020. I'm Head of Research Nick Goodall coming to you out of my home office today and I'm joined as per usual by our Senior Property Economist Calvin Davidson down in Christchurch. Calvin, how are you mate? Ah, oh, very good. Yeah, strange times obviously for everybody but um and getting accustomed to the new norm for the next few weeks. But yeah, going well and um, obviously keeping a finger on the pulse on the property market. So yeah, all good. How are you? Good, mate. Good. Crazy new norm is right. Um, yeah, and we had our daughter's fifth birthday yesterday, so we had to try and host a little family party for that. But it, uh, it was pretty successful. I think she said it was her best ever. So we'll take that as a win. Um, nice. But yep, crazy, crazy times. Otherwise, I'm trying to balance work and home and everything. Just wrote a, um, a blog, which we're going out shortly. And, you know, Kiwa Starpless is talking about the number of mentions the word unprecedented has been brought up online. And, you know, no surprise it's skyrocketed because that is truly what times we're in. So, look, mate, we've got to kick into the coronavirus situation. Um, you know, we're obviously all in full lockdown now, hence me being at home, not in the, in the studio we've got here in Wellington. Um, but... You know, that, and I suppose the key point, I think we talked about it last week, was that, you know, we are expecting transactions to drop, drop away heavily as it is now unlawful for um, transactions to be made that require physical movement of people. And so we're expecting that massive drop away in transaction. That will flow through in a number of ways. But, of course, the key thing for us now is to say, what data have we got that's going to give us some insight as to what is likely going to happen um, once we do get on the other side and we can see some activity likely pick up again. Um, and once hopefully our economic activity picks up again too. And I think the first thing I want to talk about was one thing we did notice was a couple of weeks ago. So um, once some of the travel bans had been announced, once it was been taken seriously, but before we knew about the lockdown, we did see a bit of a lift in listings, um, especially outside Auckland, where the level of new properties coming onto the market or properties coming onto the market was at the same level as we'd often see around November, which is the most popular time to list properties uh, for sale. And the key question for me there is, what are these people doing? So I think, you know, they're probably trying to raise some money. They might be might have been concerned about the, their cash flow coming up if they had other jobs and they might have been impacted. And so then when you see that lift in listings, the question is going to be, they're going to have to hold on now or likely hold on because they can't sell. And then what happens afterwards? Have they held on well enough? Or are they going to be desperate to sell? And how does that flow through to things? So that was probably the key first data point for me. Did you have anything else on that to add, mate? I suppose yeah, two things, I guess. The one, one sort of support factor is obviously the, the government's package, the way they've stepped in with the, the wage subsidies and, and the banks have come in with the mortgage repayment holidays. You know, the, the hope obviously has to be that those things will will help these people who are, who are perhaps looking to list because of some degree of financial distress. Maybe these support measures help them to, you know, roll on for a bit longer. Um, in terms of the people who are listing, we've, we've looked at, at bioclassification, our, our CoreLogic bioclassification series a little bit, and we have seen leading up to this event that people who are, who are pretty active were driving the return of, of activity to a large degree were, were mortgaged investors and you sort of mum and dad investors, so people with two to maybe one to two rental properties, they could well be the ones who have now turned around and thought, hmm, hang on, I, I might need a bit more cash here. So could be those ones that are listing. And so it could could well be as, as we move it, move over the months ahead, 
those those um, properties that they purchased or that those investment properties could be the ones that, that come back to market. So, yeah, one to keep an eye on. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, and, you know, so that was listings a couple of weeks ago. The other thing we've got access to is um, the comparative market analysis report, so the CMAs that agents run when they log into our products, Property Guru or RPNZ. And so what I've looked at is the following activity post that listing time and obviously once things got more serious and then obviously we flowed through to even knowing the lockdown was happening and you know some pretty stark stats here where obviously agents are running less of these CMAs assessing people's properties to go to market so we know that drop-offs can happen no surprises but the level of change is pretty dramatic and up to Wednesday last week so the last day before official lockdown the rolling seven-day count uh, when you measure week-on-week change was down 48% so a massive drop in the number of CMAs being used. So we definitely saw that activity for agents drop away. And that was backed up as well. We did a survey of all our um, agents or professionals that use Property Guru, one of our products. And you know we asked them, what has been the change on impact um, or impact on activity for you? So the amount of reports they're running or the amount of inquiries they're getting, regardless of which um, industry they were in, whether it's banking or brokers or or agents, and look, over half of them had a drop in activity of more than 25%. So that's a pretty massive drop as well, and I suppose that's one of the key insights we took from that little survey that we ran that was up for a couple of days um, to really get a feel for what's happening at the front line there. So definitely a drop in activity after we saw maybe the customer sentiment was to actually, I want to sell, and then actually I'm not going to be able to sell, and so it dropped away. And so now we're in this hold period. Key question, how do we come out at the other end? And, of course, we'll be doing everything we can to keep on top of, of all that um, stuff as well. Yeah, I think I'd just add to that. Obviously, the hope has to be that, and we may talk about it shortly when we get to sort of a bit of a, an economic outlook, but obviously the hope has to be that these sales are – just put on hold for a month and you get a deferral rather than rather than a total loss of activity. But again, something we'll just have to wait and see how it plays out in, in four weeks' time or six weeks' time. Yeah, well, let's talk about that then. So I know all forecasts now are changing daily. It's very difficult to know what's going to happen on the other side. But we do get the economic forecasts from the different banks um, saying what activity they expect likely for the rest of the year. What, do you have a bit of a summary for that, including unemployment as well? Because I know there's been some pretty, um, pretty interesting forecasts of unemployment, but maybe not quite as bad as some might think. Can you give us a quick summary on, on what we're looking at there? Yeah, man, as an economist, these number, I look at these numbers and, and they're, just, they're just crazy. There's, there's no really other word for it to see, the, to see the, the profile for GDP growth that people are talking about. The, the numbers now, they're, they're shifting very, very quickly. There were some some less downbeat numbers just before the, the lockdown, but now the lockdown's obviously going to remove just a huge chunk of economic activity just overnight. So forecasts now are that we could see economic activity in the June quarter fall by 15 to 20% in, just in one quarter alone, which is a just a just a crazy number. Um, but then bouncing back, you know, could, could rebound sort of 15 or 20% the, the following quarter, provided, I guess, that this um, lockdown is reasonably short-lived and, and you see that deferral of activity rather than, rather than total loss of activity. And I think for now that is what the economic assumptions are, that you don't, you'll lose a chunk of activity for sure, but, but hopefully that it's deferred rather than, 
rather than completely wiped out. So, yeah, and then unemployment rate, well, projected to go pretty high. I mean, we're talking 8 or 9% potentially from, from starting level now of about 4%. Now, it's been a lot higher than that in the past, but 8% is, is higher than we've seen for a little while. It, during the GFC, it peaked at around 7 So the projections now are that unemployment will go a bit higher than it did during the GFC. So that's... That's a little bit of a concern and, and clearly, you know, a terrible scenario for people who lose their jobs. So, as I said before, we just have to hope that, you know, the government measures for, for, for wages and for businesses themselves that, that they can help mitigate some of those rises. But, yeah, in terms of the macro numbers, it's, it's just, a, it's just yeah, there's no other word for it. It's, it's crazy. But, as I say, hopefully deferred rather than lost altogether. Yeah, of course. Um, and, and I think we need to recognise there's going to be some geographic differences as well. So, you know, those areas, I mean, the number one that gets talked about is, of course, tourism. We know that international travel will be disrupted for a long period of time. Um, you know, we've essentially got a ban at the moment on anyone coming into the country, but longer term, it's probably going to take a bit longer for that to recover as well. So, you know, I think we're, we are going to do a bit more work understanding the geographic situation as well. So I suppose that's one to, one to watch for the future. But we've already pointed out areas like Queenstown and Rotorua, who we know obviously rely heavily on, on the tourism industry, um, and people there will be impacted. And so we'll be keeping a keen eye on what happens in those areas um, as well. Um, and that would flow through to the number of sales in these areas as well, including stressed sales. But we're not expecting... As you say, because of the government support, we know the quantitative easing program um, came out last week. I know that government even came out with a second package um, to support businesses and wage earners. So, you know, we continue to see that evolve as well. So that support is just getting bigger and bigger. And as you say, the hope has to be that that's going to flow through to, to meeting less people in trouble and in, in some sort of normality um, later on this year. We do have our own sales forecast model, um, which takes a lot of those forecasts like GDP, unemployment, interest rates, which are low, so actually positive for the property market. Where did that currently look at the moment? I know that these forecasts are changing daily and it's very hard to put a number on this, but can you summarize the model at the moment? Yeah, so just briefly what we put into it, we, we look at GDP growth, we look at wage growth, net migration and mortgage rates. So. I mean, in this scenario we're in in the moment, it's all very easy to just assume everything's negative and so any sales forecast would, would just look terrible. But bear in mind that interest rates are low and they've fallen, so that's a support for, for the property market. Net migration, we're going to see some some huge dislocation there because of, uh, well, the travel ban and, and, and the lockdown. But longer term, we may actually see net migration actually hold up fairly well. So the, the, it doesn't have to be all negative. Where it stands at the moment is that we were we were expecting a rise this year in transaction volumes, let's say from about 85,000 towards 88, 89. Now, in the range of 70 to 75,000. So we're going to lose 10 or 15,000 transactions potentially. This is this is just based on those macroeconomic indicators. We, we could see, yeah, as low as 70,000 deals this year. Now, there's other things to consider. It doesn't take account of the wage subsidies and, and the business support. Um, that idea that sales might be deferred rather than rather than necessarily lost altogether has to be a, a sort of silver lining, hopefully. So, but I think it, it's it's pretty widely accepted. We will see some sales lost, and so I don't think that's controversial. I guess the value we can hopefully provide is to 
give a magnitude on that. And, and so, yeah, as I say, we're looking perhaps 70 to 75. So not, not great for anybody who relies on activity, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully, um, you know, it's, it's more of a deferral rather than a, a loss altogether. And I have heard, I've heard anecdotally this morning and over the last few days that there, there is activity going on. There's, there's people are getting innovative and, and doing virtual open homes and, and sort of looking at the idea of virtual auctions. So I guess that plays into that idea that we don't have to lose all of the activity. There can be, there can be deferrals and, and there is some decent buyer and seller interest out there still. So um, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a positive. Yeah. I think the key for that deferral um, and activity to pick back up again is going to be what happens with demand. Are there still people out there willing to buy and will they still think they can get some bargains? And, you know, ultimately if they're looking longer term, um, you know, I would still expect the expectation for most people to be that property market will continue to be relatively strong and hold up. That is because of those fundamentals. That is because people still need homes. Um, the key question is going to be around price. But if you are buying longer term, as I say, and people have that longer term view, you'd expect there to still be um, enough demand for transactions to continue. The key unknown at this stage is what price are they willing to pay to keep the market going and how much are those sellers going to be willing to, to discount the, the price that they might have otherwise expected had they sold two months earlier or whatever it's going to be. And, and how much can people benefit from low interest rates, maybe helping them to um, you know, remortgage and, and be able to um, increase their holdings uh, in the future. So yeah, that'll, that'll be the key question for me is where that one goes and probably is the big unknown. Um, but I agree, we will see activity come back again. And you know, as long as and it's all going to be de- dependent on that, that level of demand. Yeah, yeah, and it's probably not controversial either to suggest that it'll be once we emerge from all of this, it could well be a you know a buyer's market to to use the phrase rather than necessarily a seller's market that it was looking in the first few months of the year. So, but again, it's it, just where that balance settles. Who knows what will, what will be the balance of, of active buyers versus you know, vendors who, who want to list and, and need to list and are, are motivated. So it's just going to be really interesting to see how that all settles down. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, we'll slightly move on then. The other thing I have had a look at was, wanted to say we've got a few questions around what's going to happen to the short-term rental market. So obviously these properties that get listed on Airbnb, mostly satisfying tourism, some local tourism, but obviously a lot of international tourism. And so I had a quick look at the AirDNA website, which tracks um, short-term listings, active listings on their website. And um, I just put a couple of stats from there because you can see about a drop of about a fifth, about about 20% in some of our largest markets compared to Q4 last year in terms of the number of active properties listed on Airbnb and a few other websites um, of similar nature. Auckland itself was down 20%. Uh, Wellington and Christchurch down 17%. Queenstown was down 18%. So those were all in a similar ballpark. Um, and this is at a time where usually you'd see active listings increase from Q4 to Q1. And we know that they've dropped by almost 20%. So that's a pretty early indicator for those properties that aren't listed on the short-term market. The key point then is going to be, are they getting shifted to the long-term rental market? Um, Yes, they could be wanting to be sold or they could be just put on the long-term market, long-term rental market. And so that will actually have a flow through to the long-term rental market where we might see supply increase there, which could actually see rent start to reduce from a long-term rental position as well. So that would you know, potentially be a bit of a positive for those people who are current renters 
um, and you know may have had a little drop in their income or maybe an, an impact to their job they might actually see the rental market improve for them but the key question again is going to be what percent go to long-term rental what percent of people try and sell and where that goes is kind of anyone's guess and it's going to depend on everyone's personal situation for whether they choose one option or the other and if they can't get a long-term rented then they might actually have to look at selling as well so again that's going to be a longer term flow through that we'll have to keep track of and and look at those listing sites and what's happening from a from a sales perspective as well as a rental perspective yep yep and uh that's what we're here for that's it. That's our job, and that's what everyone's asking us for. And you know, that's certainly the stuff that, that's keeping me busy every day now. So you know, and that's what I enjoy. Like, let's get the data, let's get the information, and let's get it out there. Um, yep. Let's let's move on. Then we're not going to cover too much else. Obviously, you know, it is pretty much a number one and only topic at the moment. In terms of data coming up, we do have the CoreLogic QB House Price Index out this week. We are expecting strong numbers. Um, the key thing to note will be that the index is a rolling three-month measure. And so, you know, pretty much all the data that we with in that index will have predated uh, most of this, or certainly all the lockdown, uh, most of the lockdown, sorry, and all of the un- most of the uncertainty as well. So the number will still be relatively trusting in terms of, you know, it telling us what happened over the last month or two. But we do have to note that um, it won't be as relevant because, you know, we're going to wait for the data that comes up in the future. We'll then move to the next index, which will capture a lot of April's data. And we know that that'll be less reliable in terms of capturing too much because of the drop in sales that's going to occur. So we'll need to note that and we'll talk about that more next month. But for now, we're expecting strong numbers. Um, but it'll all predate everything that's going on right now, and that will certainly be reflected in our commentary uh, once we get that out to the media tomorrow. Yep. Um, the other one was building consent. So again, another one, again, the data's going to predate what's going on right now, but we are expecting building consents this week as well. They will remain strong, but you know the future of building consents are going to be impacted by the current situation. So, What's your take on the construction market and how that will be impacted, um, you know, short and long term, from what we're seeing right now? Yeah, so as you said, building consents will will have been very high in February. I, I'd be shocked if anything else was the case. We'll, we'll we'll still see that shift towards smaller dwellings and all these things we've been talking about for a long time. Uh, but that that market's obviously on hiatus at the moment too. Um, you know, builders are. Uh, for, for the most part, deemed, deemed non-essential. So there'll be a lot of people um, trying to, I guess, um, work around the house perhaps even. But but in terms of, of paid paid work for clients, there's, there's not going to be much going on. So, yeah, that, that residential construction sector will be will be on hold for, for at least a month, depending how long this lockdown goes for. But, again, we know you have to... You have to Really, we're looking now at, at the longer-term outcomes, I guess, and what happens after this lockdown. We know it's going to be, we know there's going to be a hit to activity, but again, I think it's a deferral probably for the most part. We know that there's still a lot of demand for residential property. We know the population's growing. We know in certain parts of the country there's a shortfall, um, and a lot of these things have already been consented. Bear in mind that they're, they're there, that the approval has been given, so they're ready to go and it's and so now now I guess it's just a case of, of waiting until they can get started again so I'd, I'd be still reasonably optimistic that that all these things will will get done it's just a, a break of a month to get through before we can 
can get back on site. And, and as I said, there's still a lot of demand for it. So yeah, again, it's it's a it's a positive spin, and it's it's um, consistent with the GDP numbers. All these things, you know, we know there's going to be a recession. We know unemployment's going to rise, but from these things, you can get reasonably quick bounce backs. And, and I think the construction sector will be the same as, as hopefully we move into the second part of 2020 and into 2021 we'll see we'll see growth again just like we will for GDP and and hopefully falling <coughs> falling unemployment yeah yeah I like your point about you know more stuff gets done around the home I think um part of the panic <laughs> buying that happened before any before we all locked down was everyone going to Bunnings and picking up paint and and other suppliers to do stuff around the house so we might see a significant lift in the, the quality and and um the stuff that's happening around people's houses and another point, I suppose, that you've, you've touched on there is, you know, you'd be hoping that these building companies, um, anyone tied to the industry are accessing all the support they can from the government, providing these wage subsidies so these workers continue to get paid while they're at home, you know, essentially take a bit of a break, um, but should still get paid and that job, the jobs will still be there when they come back. Now, unless the people getting the work done obviously have their job impacted and they can't continue to go through with that. But, you know, you'd hope that, again, that's few and far between and those people are accessing the help too. And that is the key caveat every time is that the government just wants to support and make sure that this is short-lived and we get through the other side. And that's got to be relevant and true of the building industry as well. Yep. Yeah, and for me, the, gov- the government and Reserve Bank have just they're just throwing everything at this thing. And, and luckily, the country has... Now we've got considerable resources there financially to to get to get through. We're probably we're as better placed as as best placed as anybody around the world. So so again, that's um, that's the positive spin, and I guess have to hope that that it's enough. You know, I guess there's still a lot of uncertainty, but we have to hope that it's enough. Yeah, make sure everyone bloody stays home. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, we want this as short as possible. Yeah. Cool, man. Hey, look, um, I think that's going to pretty much take us to the end today. Is there anything else sitting top of mind for you that I've missed? I know there's just so much going on in our heads at the moment. I don't know what we have and haven't covered sometimes. We're sort of writing blogs and, you know, emails and calling people. Is there anything else that sits top of mind for you? Not a lot. I suppose one thing that you hopefully it's been well publicised and that people are aware of it. But I guess I just want to make clear that this, these mortgage repayment holidays are you know, a great idea and, and it's and it's going to help a lot of people out but but just bear in mind that it, it's not a it's not a removal of mortgage interest or anything like that it's it, it still has to be paid back and um, it will the loan will be bigger if you if you take a take a holiday so that's that's the thing it, 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 I guess for a lot of people it's going to be necessary but but it's no there's no sort of free lunch in this so so just keep that in mind yeah good point. I like it. All right. Well, thanks for that, mate, and all the other little tidbits of insight you've provided us. Perfect as usual. Um, Thanks for listening, and please subscribe and rate and review. We're getting really good feedback um, over the last week or two of of people that are finding this stuff useful, so please make sure that you share the content so others that are in the industry um, get access to it as well. Pretty much everything we talk about is available available on our website, um, the research tab at corelogic.co. .nz and you can follow us on Twitter as well. And as per usual, please get through those questions to us. You know, we do want to know what are people seeing, what are people hearing, what do people want to know about. Just get in touch with us. So all our details are within the notes of the, the podcast within your player. But thanks again, and we will speak to you all next week or maybe sooner if we uh, if the system works from working from home and we'll make an opportunity to record sooner than that. So we'll see how things go. But thanks, and we will speak to you later. 
拜。